Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. My name is Brandon Russell, and I'm the online writer here at IFA Magazine. And joining me on the podcast today is my co-host and IFA Magazine editor, Sue Whitbread. Hi, I'm Sue, and I'm editor here at IFA Magazine, as Brandon's just said. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking tax. And with the tax year end zooming into view, making sure that clients' affairs are appropriately positioned from a tax point of view is clearly high on advisors' agendas. So I'm pleased to welcome a tax expert on the pod today and one who knows about financial planning too, and that's Rachel Griffin. Rachel is Head of Tax and Trusts at Quilter. And Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Perhaps we could start by asking you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at Quilter. Yep, so I'm the head of tax and trust at Quilter. Uh, I've been there for, well, I've been in the industry for over 25 years. Um, I'm responsible for looking and analysing the legislation and and the tax uh, legislation when there's changes. Uh, I I try to steer clear of pensions if I can. Um, My my side of things tends to be on the inheritance tax or capital gains tax side of things, succession planning, and really kind of helping advisors and and kind of putting and clients to achieve their goals. Can we start with capital gains tax then? It's currently a hot topic amongst advisors and we'd be keen to hear your thoughts on it. Absolutely. I think it's fair to say, as Sue's already alluded to, the tax year end is fast approaching um, and that kind of always tend to kind of centre client and advisors' uh, minds towards certain tax allowances. So, for an example, capital gains tax um, being, being one of those. We also see things like ISAs, you know, every, there's always a rush for uh, ISAs to the tax year end uh, and also maximising pension allowances. Um, with capital gains tax, um, I think this year more than kind of probably previous tax year, when you've got currently a generous um, annual allowance of £12,300, um, we had the autumn statement um, back in November where Jeremy Hunt announced the fact that we would, we're kind of approaching this cliff edge where from April 6, 2023, we will see that annual allowance over halved. So we'll see it go from 12,300 down to 6,000 pounds. Um, and then next year, next tax year, so 2024, April 2024, we will see it reduced or halved again. So we'll see that reduced down to 3,000 um, pounds. And that's kind of to try and put that in context you know for most people I guess if they've got investment portfolios perhaps you know realizing that amount of gain hasn't been big on their agenda because they think they've got this sort of large amount to play with but obviously they're getting to a point where when you start reducing the amounts then you're actually going to get to a point where there's going to be more people who are going to be subject to capital gains tax I think um, the policy costings was uh, 1.6 billion more um, in additional CGT is likely to be raised. So you can see that that, those numbers start making people think that they really want to start doing something about that. Quite a lot, isn't it? 1.6 billion. The money, the coffers are a little bit bare. So I guess all contributions required. Were you surprised that they they cut the allowance quite that much? 
it's it's interesting because um i mean we've we've got a, a, a budget coming up in march and and mm. always before these things happen we we see all the kind of the rumor mill mill starts um certainly there was a lot of talk about capital gains tax uh, rates being in, in, uh, increased so at the moment the capital gains rates are for investments 10% and 20% and for property 18 and 28% so they're quite dramatically more reduced um, than the income tax rates um, so there was kind of talk about whether we would actually see uh, those increased but interestingly, again, and, and, and probably most people will have read in the press, all the heavy lifting really was done by actually freezing allowances. Mm -hmm. So you've got this concept of fiscal drag where more people are being brought into the, um, whether it's income tax, whether it's capital gains tax um, thresholds, purely by sort of standing still, not doing anything. Um, so, so certainly, um, I guess, we didn't expect so much of this freezing. And like I say, we, we saw personal allowance, you know, income tax uh, uh, allowance frozen, capital gains tax allowance halved. We saw inheritance tax allowances frozen. So pretty much uh, all across the board. And that's till 2028, unless we get a, a bit of a let up with a general election um, giveaway, um, you know, on offer. But uh, obviously where we are today as a country then unlikely I think. Mm. Certainly a lot for financial planners to get their heads around isn't it and all the more important that their role as as guidance and and helping their clients in such a situation is all the more important. Yeah absolutely and I, mm. I think again it's it's it just goes to show the value of advice and that the, the mm. difference having an advisor can make versus someone trying to do it yourself and I think tax is one of those difficult things that if you're if you're kind of doing it on a daily basis perhaps that's something you can do but actually for the i'm not say uninformed but for most people mm. it's it's a it's it's very complex so it's, well, a difficult it's scary thing. isn't it yeah it's completely really and, get, and getting it wrong nobody wants to be the wrong side of hmrc yeah. either so well let's not go down that one we don't <laughs> want to be making careless mistakes no <laughs> yeah <laughs> So Rachel, given everything you've just said, then how do you think advisors should be talking to clients and what exactly should they be looking at? So so I, I guess to a certain extent, they shouldn't, they, you know, they sort of run up to tax year end. It's the same kind of conversation in terms of management of capital gains tax. Um, but like I say, I think because more people are going to kind of come into that threshold, then the advisors are probably are looking through their their books of clients at the moment on those that would have been perhaps previously not covered you know, or, or not concerned necessarily with the the um, the changes as much as they will be going forward. So, you know, capital gains tax, just as a reminder, it's that annual allowance is a use it or lose it allowance. So if you don't lose, if you don't use it, you lose it. So it's not something that you can carry over. IFA should be talking to their clients about whether they need to crystallise gains, which probably at the moment with the markets that they'll probably be lucky to do so, but they might have, <laughs> they might have, you know, years and years yeah. of gains. So, so there's also an element of not, this is not just over one year. Also, um, utilising losses can be just as valuable. So it may well be that you want to crystallise losses that have been made. Um, if you do so, then you have to register them with HMRC the tax year after they, uh, sorry, you've got four years from the tax year in which the loss has been made. 
um, but you have to do that by self-assessment. So again, that's something where um, someone who's not used to perhaps um, self-assessing or to, you know, uh, registering lossings is important that they do that. Also, utilising obviously tax-free alternatives. So, you know, it, we're seeing a lot of um, advisors contacting us to talk about bed and ISAs, bed and pensions. So, just in terms of what I mean by that is, you um, sell down some of your assets that you're held outside these tax-free wrappers, and then you put them into a tax-free wrapper. So, obviously, anything in an ISA or pension going forward won't. Uh, suffer from capital gains tax or income tax so utilizing those we're also seeing other investment you know advisors are asking us about other investment opportunities and really kind of I guess looking to utilize all their kit in their you know all the all the tools available in which to kind of minimize any tax that clients might pay mm. I wonder that that's quite some interesting points there I wonder if it was seems like a, maybe advisors might be out of the habit of bed and ice of crystallizing losses because the allowance has been so big but it really is a use it or lose it you are listening to ifa talk ifa magazine's weekly podcast subscribe to us on spotify and apple podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available and follow us on linkedin twitter and instagram at ifa magazine um, i wonder you mentioned some really interesting concepts there whether you could perhaps give us an example of, of what you're talking about there, maybe some sort of little case study to talk around. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I guess probably a, a good example is just to kind of highlight the impact of um, the capital gains change. So if, if you consider today, if you had £100,000 in um, just in investment, so not in a tax-free en oh. environment, it would only need, if it would need to grow by 12.3% for you to be able to exceed the annual allowance, the annual exempt allowance. Obviously, when the annual allowance drops to in April 2024 to 3,000 on the same investment, so that same hundred thousand uh, pounds, we would only need to see a very small increase of a three percent before you actually are going to breach that annual allowance. Mm -hmm. So you can see how the numbers are. You know really key in terms of and, mm. and I think that highlights from an advisor perspective of keeping on top of you know and, and or, or of what's happening in their clients portfolios which is you know a lot of management and and like I say it's one of those things where clients are unlikely to do that themselves. Mm, that's a great point about the, the real need to crystallize gains as well as losses yeah uh, because otherwise that snowball effect on top of the example you'd use there the 12% return plus another three, then it's yeah. all cumulative, isn't it? So I think that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. thanks for that. So looking forward to tax year end, then, well, maybe not looking forward to it, uh, <laughs> time of year. Uh, are there any particular areas you suggest advisors pay attention to when it comes to their clients' affairs? Yeah, I mean, I think I've, I've already sort of touched on some of them, but it's, it's making sure you're utilising all the... Um, sorry the allowances are available so you know make sure your ices are, are filled if you're in a position to be able to do so you know maximizing pension contributions um also again utilizing and it's not just capital gains tax you know perhaps you're in a position where you can afford to give money away and actually we're seeing a lot of that as well where clients are having to help out 
the the next generation or the generation even you know lower down the list um in terms of intergenerational wealth so actually you know utilizing your three thousand pound annual iht allowance for an example these are all annual allowances that some you can carry over for one year, some you lose. Um, so it's really kind of making sure that you're utilizing the whole of the, I'm not gonna say generous, because if that, that makes it sound like it's, it's a good thing, but kind of, you know, all the, the tax allowances and tax-free investments that you can play to your objectives as well. Because again, you need to make sure, you know, taxes, for me, hugely important, uh, but it shouldn't be the be all and end all. Sometimes, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's just as important to weigh up what your objective is versus what the tax consequences as well. Oh, you mentioned earlier about the effect of stealth taxes and just the, the, the interesting point there you made about IHT and mm. mitigating the, the, the circumstances as you can in this tax year, because that, again, the stealth impact on that allowance being frozen is quite significant over the years, isn't it? Um, I'm going to ask you back to back to CGT again now. <laughs> it's one of those areas, isn't it, where some misconceptions can quite easily arise about what it is, how it applies. And I wonder perhaps if you could talk to that a little bit about that and in what situations that actually happens. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I think it goes back to your point, Sue, that, you know, perhaps advisors or, or clients may have got out of the habit, perhaps a little bit with capital gains tax. So some of the questions or some of the misconceptions might seem a little bit basic for those who perhaps are constantly dealing in, in, in this um, environment, but sometimes is kind of not so obvious. So, you know, so, some of the questions that that or some of the misconceptions, I guess, most people know that if you take money out of um, a, an asset or, you know, say stocks and shares, a withdrawal, you're going to get a gain or a loss. So that would be subject to capital gains tax. However, there's also things what would be deemed to be a disposal are things like advisor fees. So if an advisor is taking a charge, then actually, again, that would deem to be a withdrawal in pure tax terms and therefore you might end up with a, a, a tax charge or or even if you haven't got a tax charge it's still utilizing up a little bit of that annual allowance and again the less you've got the, the bigger the impact has um, discretionary fund management fees are another example of that also uh, you might have a platform provider so their product fees as well they would also be deemed to be um, a, a withdrawal Things like when I talked about the buy, uh, sorry, the better nicer, again, when you buy and sell. So in, in a situation where you're selling assets, but you're buying, uh, you know, I'm selling one stock, but I'm buying another stock. Again, that would be even though you've stayed within the wrapper, so you haven't physically got any money yourselves as a client, that still would be subject potentially to capital gains tax. And also, again, in this world where we live in sort of model portfolio management, rebalancing, again, that can also utilise some of, it might be a gain or a loss, or it, also it might utilise some of your annual allowance. And again, I think that's the key is it's not just when money comes out. And that's the, in some ways, that's the easy part to be able to kind of make your notes on and make sure keep your record keeping. It's that ongoing management. And that's where that the advisor and the client kind of need to keep on top of is, is that ongoing management. Saying that, 
you know, many platforms, you know, a lot of um, platforms might have um, CGT tools that will help to support that. So. Perfect. So just to round off our conversation today, I think it'd be nice to end on a bit of a high. So (laughs) any particular ways that you think advisors can reassure their clients that it's not all doom and gloom when it comes to tax? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that the good news is and, and probably you know part of this conversation is there's always something you can do about it there's always something you can do to mitigate um you know the impact of tax so things like you know uh you know utilizing your allowances i think it's also fair to say is capital gains tax i think i, I touched on earlier is the rates are 10 and 20% from a stocks and shares perspective. So they're much lower than income tax rates. So even though you might subject ta- be subject to tax, it's at a much lower rate. It's also, you know, you can mitigate things by making informed decisions. I think that's the key for me is making sure that you stay on top of these things. And, you know, again, just active management of your tax position using all the, you know, using all the tax wrappers available to you. And, you know, if we're in a position where you're getting gains, then that means your investment's growing. So hopefully you're getting to, you know, work towards the objective that you're trying to get. So in some ways, kind of, it's a good thing that you're getting gains because and potentially subject to tax because your your assets are actually growing. Oh, thank you for that, Rachel. My goodness, that conversation just flew by. That uh, you had some great tips there for our for our listeners to think about and to action. And there's no time like the present, is it? The clock is ticking, and so plenty of things to do. Um, things like crystalline, crystallizing gains, losses, remembering those fee points you made, opportunities for rebalancing. Plenty in there to to get people thinking. So thank you for being on the podcast today. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hope you've enjoyed it. I have. (laughs) And thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, We hope you found it useful. And don't forget to keep tuning in to our weekly IFA Talk podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research, and whatever necessary, legal advice, should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.